Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Um, today's lesson will be called Submission to God. Uh, the topic for today, brothers and sisters, is obedience. Because while we get the question, I'm sure, you know, the people that you share the truth with, um, their question is, okay, now I have the realization of who I am, what's next? And what's next, brothers and sisters, is complete submission to the Most High. Because a lot of our people, even Israelites who know they're Israel, they haven't fully submitted to the Most High God. So they'll, you know, there's certain things in the Bible where they'll say, well, we, we don't deal with Paul or we don't deal with baptism. So they haven't completely submitted. So we want to go through that, brothers and sisters. And we, we want to show you some of the, uh, the gratuities, some of the rewards, some of the benefits of actually following the Bible, brothers and sisters. We don't want to go into, um, well, what happens if you don't follow the law. Let's go into the positives of it, because I think... You, you come from a position of strength when you show somebody the the positives of actually, you know, of following the Most High God. So we wanted to dive into that, brothers and sisters, because we've got a lot of new people in the truth who are, they have the understanding of who they are. And they're, you know, they're looking for the next step. So I just thought today, brothers and sisters, we would talk about submitting to the Most High God. Because the children of Israel have a problem submitting. We have a problem submitting to authority, period. Let alone authority we can't see. Brothers and sisters, I spoke to a sister a few weeks ago and I was just in casual conversation telling her, you know, pork is, you know, the most High say we shouldn't eat pork. And she said, but it tastes good. And I said, sister, well, the most High said you're going to die if you eat. And she said, but it tastes good. I'm like, sister, the most High said you're going to have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And she said, but it tastes good. So, you know, that's how our people uh, you know, that's the state of mind our people are in, brothers and sisters. So we wanted to go into it and show the reward and the benefits that you will receive if you follow the Most High God. We're going to start, brothers and sisters, in Hebrews 10 and 31. Obedience, brothers and sisters, is an attitude we have to learn to embrace. It's not a trait that can be automatically acquired, but learned. Thankfully, the Bible gives us clear instruction on how to obey the Most High God, brothers and sisters. The key to obedience is submission to the Most High God. We must submit, brothers and sisters. Obedience is not a popular word in today's society. For generations, we have been taught uh, by society to, to avoid such words, brothers and sisters, uh, that one should follow their own heart. And that ideology has resulted in a lack of discipline, uh, which is important to the factor, which is an important factor in the progressive decline in societal morality or societal integrity, brothers and sisters. We're dealing in a time, this 21st century, where morals are low. Integrity is low, brothers and sisters. Anybody who walks outside on any given day can understand that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into it. We're going to start at Hebrews 10 and 31. Hebrews 10, verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Right. So, brothers and sisters, at minimum, we obey the Most High God to avoid His wrath and judgment. That's at minimum, brothers and sisters. But there are better motives to follow in the Most High, not just because you're scared. You know, you being scared is good or, or fearing the Most High and the judgment is good to some degree. But there's better motives. And we want to go into some of the better motives to actually follow the Most High God. Um, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13 in the Torah. 
Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Read that again, brother. Verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Israel, if you're an Israelite, brothers and sisters, listen up, because this is specifically for you. Of course, Gentiles should be obedient also, but for an Israelite, it's not, you know, you don't have a choice in the matter, brothers and sisters. You, We have to follow these laws. It's a requirement, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul? Brothers and sisters, the Most High God has many good reasons for requiring our obedience, uh, some of which we may not even clearly understand at this point but one thing is clear when god requires our obedience it's always for good it's always to the betterment of you of me continue brother verse 13 to keep the commandments of the lord and his statutes which i command thee this day for thy good brothers and sisters we must follow the commandments brothers and sisters obedience means always obeying even when it's not convenient periodic obedience is not obedience brothers and sisters Genuine obedience is constant. It's consistent, brothers and sisters. It's persistent. When a person is genuinely obedient, he or she does not select to obey in areas in which they agree with and then ignore the things they don't agree with. If you fully submit to the Most High, then anything that you learn in the Bible, you put that into motion. You don't say, well, I don't agree with that part. Whatever it is that you read and learn. You, you know, you put that into action. You apply that. You use it as application, brothers and sisters. And, you know, nobody knows everything. So as you continue on your walk, there's going to be things that you learn that you didn't know was wrong before. And we got to, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother, from the top? Verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways? And to love him. To walk in all his ways, brothers and sisters. And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Brothers and sisters, the children of Israel are a covenant people. We have a covenant relationship with the Most High. Its essence is expressed in the following passage. We're going to go there, Jeremiah 7 and 23. To give you the essence of the relationship between the Most High Ahiah and the children of Israel. Jeremiah 7 <clears throat> verse 23. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice. Obey, brothers and sisters. Be obedient. And I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Brothers and sisters of Israel, if we, if the children of Israel want the Most High God to guide, protect, provide, and bless us, to cause us to prosper, we must obey the Most High God's voice and be his people, brothers and sisters. When we speak of obedience, we're speaking of placing ourselves under God's command and authority. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 23. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. That it may be well unto you, brothers and sisters. 
So this, if you following the Most High's law, statutes, and commandments leads to an easier life, brothers and sisters. Of course, it's not going to be grandiose, but it'll be easier if you follow his commandments than to not follow his commandments, brothers and sisters. Especially if you are the children of Israel. Children of Israel are the so-called minorities. The Negroes, the Haitians, the Jamaicans, the Trinidadians, the Costa Ricans, the Guatemalans, the Philippines, the Vietnamese, right? The Hawaiians, the Mexicans, the Dominicans. These people are required, brothers and sisters, to follow the law. It's within your DNA. It's within your very fiber. You don't have a, you, you don't have a choice in the matter, brothers and sisters. None of us do. If you're looking to change your circumstances, this is what we must do, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 23. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you. That it may be well unto you. Brothers and sisters, we must obey. We must be obedient. Irregardless of whether, whether we understand why the Most High is, is giving us laws, statutes, and commandments, we must follow them. That's, that's the spirit we must be in, brothers and sisters. No matter what it is that you read in Scripture, that we're going to carry it out without any animosity towards the Most High in genuine love. That's, that's the next step, brothers and sisters. Because if you want the blessing, you have to completely submit. You have, to, you have to let it go, brothers and sisters. And a lot of our people are not willing to do that. A lot of our people are not willing to let it go of this life, brothers and sisters. And it's unfortunate, but we're going to give them the, the understanding of the rewards that come with following the Most High God. There are rewards, brothers and sisters. There is gratuity. There's incentives to follow the Most High God. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters, today. We're going to Psalms chapter 19. Psalms, brothers and sisters, right near Proverbs. We're going to read chapter 19 and we're going to read verse 7 through 11. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Read that again, brother. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go into there's seven things that the Bible tells you. About the commandments of the Most High God that are contained in his words. Can you read that again? The law, number one, is perfect. The Bible is perfect, brothers and sisters. It's perfect. You can't, you, and I spoke to some Mormons a few days ago where they said they hold the, the Book of Mormon equal to the Bible. The Bible is not equal with any record, brothers and sisters. The Bible is perfect. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 7 The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The word of God is pure, brothers and sisters. His laws are pure, brothers and sisters. They're powerful, they're plain, they're pleasing, they're pure, they're permanent, they're precious, and they are preventative. We're going to show you. Continue, brother. Verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. These are the reasons why we should follow the Bible, brothers and sisters. This is what the Bible promotes. Because a lot of people say, well, somebody just wrote some, you know, some old man just wrote those things down. And it, it, it's been changed a million times. Uh, you know, they'll come up with a plethora of reasons why they shouldn't follow the law. But these are the reasons why you should follow it. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, and the righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yeah, than 
much fine gold. Read that part again, brother. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold. Yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. So the Bible is precious, brothers and sisters, especially to the children of Israel. This record is precious. It's perfect. It's pure. It's clean. It's powerful, brothers and sisters. Can you read the next scripture, brother? Verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned. So they're preventative. It actually prevents certain things from transpiring in your life. If you follow these laws, brothers and sisters, you follow these scriptures, not just the laws, but if you follow the entire Bible, it actually will prevent certain things. It's, it, it's better to be cured than to, it's better to prevent a sickness than to be cured, brothers and sisters. We'd rather not be sick so we don't need to be cured. And this Bible is preventative medicine for us, brothers and sisters. Can you read uh, verse 11 one more time? Verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. There is great reward in keeping the law, brothers and sisters. Great reward. There's great incentives to keeping the law, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you the benefits that you will receive if you acknowledge the Most High God and follow his laws, statutes, and commandments. We're going to go to Acts 26 and 18. New Testament, brothers and sisters. The Acts of the Apostles. Acts 26, verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. This is the power of scripture, brothers and sisters. This is the power of following the law, statutes, and commandments. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is the instrument he uses to turn men and women from darkness to light. From Satan to himself, brothers and sisters. And what a powerful instrument it is. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. See, so brothers and sisters, the word of God is powerful. The commandments, the law, statutes, and commandments are powerful. This word of God is more powerful than anything else that's out there. This is how you get to know your father. This is how you get to know your father, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Romans 1 and 16 to show you that the word of God is powerful. And this is a reason why, one of many reasons why we should follow and be obedient to what he commands us. We must be obedient. We're in a time where, you know, you remember when you were young, you just said, can't wait to be grown and do what I want to do. I don't have to listen to nobody. Remember those days, right? <laughs> when I get my own house, I come in the house whenever I want to. Right? See? So this is what they perpetuate in America, brothers and sisters, is disobedience and doing what you want to do. Brother Corey, can you read that verse one more time? Romans 1 and 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The word is supreme, brothers and sisters, and all powerful. 
all powerful, brothers. You can't make this book with any other record. Not the Gita, not the Egyptian Book of the Dead, not the Book of Mormon, not the uh, Quran. None of these records have supreme supreme power like the record of the Hebrews, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. See? So, brothers and sisters, the word of God is powerful. This is your power, brothers and sisters. This is your power. We don't have any power in captivity other than this, other than our knowledge, other than truth. Truth is power, brothers and sisters. And this is truth. This is undeniable truth, brothers and sisters, from front to end, from front to back. Each and every word of it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 35 and 8. Isaiah 35, verse 8. And in high way shall be there, and away, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not ear therein. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 8. And in high way shall be there, and away, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The word of God, the Bible, is the way of holiness. Holiness, brothers and sisters. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Brothers and sisters, the commandments of the Most High God are clear and plain that wicked fools need not to be in any doubt of them, brothers and sisters. The word of God is clean. It's pure. It's perfected. Can you read that one more time, brother? Isaiah 35, <clears throat> 35, verse 8. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be, the, be for those the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. See, so the word of God is clear, and we're going to show you that that links up perfectly with Psalms. We're going to go back to Psalms, brothers and sisters. Psalms 19. Read verse 7, brother, please. Psalms 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. See, so it's simple, brothers and sisters. It's clear. It's plain, brothers and sisters. It's not hard to understand. You don't need to be a scholar, brothers and sisters, to understand the Bible. You must just read it with an open mind and ask the Most High God to give you discernment of false doctrine. So this lines up correctly. We're going to show you. 1 John 5 and 3, because some people think that the Most High's laws are grievous and they're hard to do. It's just too much. It's too much laws. That's what they say. And you hear a lot of Christians say uh, there's over 600 laws in the Bible. And that's a lie. There's well, way more than 600 laws in the Bible. But you can't count it like that because there's certain laws based upon you breaking a law. So if you don't break a law, then certain laws don't apply. For example, if a brother steals from me, then there's a law that he have to pay me back what he stole plus. And if you don't steal, then that law don't apply to you. It's not applicable. So you can't count the laws like that. That's a psychology to make you believe there's so many laws that you shouldn't deal with none of it. Like, look at this. Look at all this. I can't do nothing with this. It's too much. That's the psychology behind people saying that. Usually the people who are telling you how many laws there is are the ones who are not even following the 10, brothers and sisters. 
If you just follow the 10, you're following everything else, brothers and sisters. Anytime you hear somebody naming how many laws that is, that's psychology to overwhelm you and to make you believe that you can't accomplish it, brothers and sisters. We're going to 1 John 5 and 3. 1 John 5, verse 3. For this is the, is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. See, so sometimes we're tempted to think that the Most High's will is hard, but the Bible contradicts that ideology. It says that the word is easy. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Brother Corey, can you read verse 3 one more time? Verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So it's not hard, brothers and sisters, but this is what separates you from those who are not getting in. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I just wish everybody can get in. And, the, 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 you know, the fact of the matter is everybody else is not willing to, to be in obedience like you are and do the things that you're willing to do. Even though it's our friends and our family and our loved ones, why should they receive the same reward as you when you are you know, depriving yourself of holidays, of unclean foods, of fornication. Why should somebody else who who's not going to follow that receive the same reward as you? It's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. A lot of Christians, you ask them, well, how are you saved? What, how, how do I know I'm saved? And they'll tell you. I spoke to a brother when I first met him. I said, you know, are you, know, are you saved? He said, well, yeah. I said, well, how do you get saved, brother? He said, well, you just tell Jesus that you accept him into your heart and you're saved. You're going into the kingdom. And this is, what, this is the madness that they're teaching in Christianity. The only thing you have to say is you, you receive Christ and now you're going to heaven. According to the Bible, that's not right. We're going to show you. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. See, this is how you measure a man or a woman, brothers and sisters. This is the only way you know you're getting into the kingdom. Is if you love the Most High God, which is keeping his commandments. Because everybody say they love God. But then you ask him about the Sabbath. Oh, what about that pork chop that you had downstairs? Well, you know, I don't think the Most High... The Most High got other things to be worried about. I don't think he worried about a little bit of pork. You know, I don't think he... You know, In fact, I don't want to follow a God that's going to send me to hell over pork. I heard Christians say that. If you love the Most High God, you keep his commandments. And that's what the children of Israel are known for. They're known for having a law within themselves, outside of government and position. We govern ourselves. That's what's special about us, brothers and sisters. We self-govern. We're going to go back to Psalms 19 and 8 to show you that if we keep the law, which is pure, let, let, let's show you. Let's go to Psalms 19 and 8 to show you that the Bible says that the law is pure and that it's easy to be understood. Psalms 19 verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Read that one more time, brother. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the, the eyes. They are pure, brothers and sisters, absolutely pure. No mixture of evil. The Most High God's commands are holy, just like God himself, brothers and sisters. Because some people say they don't know if they should follow the Bible. You know, why should I follow the Bible? This is why you should follow the Bible, because the Word of God is pure. It gives you strength. It gives you protection. There's incentives, there's reward, not just you not going to hell. We understand that, but there's rewards that come if you actually follow his word, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 9, brother? Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Read that part again. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Enduring forever. So the Most High God's word and his commandments endure forever. 
See, and that's the problem if you're a Christian, because Christians say Christ did away with the law. When this says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. See, so brothers and sisters, this word is permanent, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you that Christ said the same thing himself. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, because Christ echoed this sentiment. Christ didn't come to change the law. Christ came to fulfill the law, which means do what was in the law. Matthew 5 and 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. See, and the Christian will say, see, he fulfilled the law. We don't need to do it. He said he fulfilled it. No. Continue, brother, please. Verse, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law to all be fulfilled. See, till all be fulfilled. So as long as you can go outside and see the stars and see the luminaries, then the law still stands, brothers and sisters. The law have, everything in the Bible have not been fulfilled. Christ's second coming haven't been fulfilled. So I don't understand how Christians can say he fulfilled the law when Christ's second coming haven't happened. And that's written up in the law. So the word is permanent, brothers and sisters. They are never out of date. They are appropriate and applicable for every age and circumstance and are never in need of revision. This is permanent, brothers and sisters. We needed to prove that because, you know, those who are predominantly in authority over the Bible, which are the Christians or the Catholics, they contrary this. You, you can do whatever you want. Christ came to do away with the law. When Christ said out of his own mouth, can you read 17 again, brother? Think not that I am come to destroy the law Think or not. the prophets. Think not. What does that mean? That means don't even, don't even put it in your mind. Don't even let your mind formulate that thought, brothers and sisters. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. See, so that, that precept links flawlessly, brothers and sisters. The, that, that precept... Links flawlessly. We're going to go back to Psalms 19. We're going to use Psalms 19 as a springboard into the the rewards that you get from following this law. We're going to take it scripture by scripture. We're going to Psalms 19 and 10. Psalms 19 and 10. More to be desired are they than gold. Yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and See? the honeycomb. See, so brothers and sisters, the Most High God's commandments, His word is precious. More precious than gold, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that to you. We're going to Psalms 119 and 72 to prove to you that if you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, then his word is precious to you. Psalms chapter 119, we're going to read verse 72. Psalms 119 verse 72. The law, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. See, so if you have respect for the Most High God, especially if you're an Israelite, the Most High words God, the, the Most High's word is precious, brothers and sisters. There's nothing more valuable than the word of God, than having the truth concerning who the Most High is, the truth concerning who we are and what we should do on this earth, what our duty is, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 72, the law of thy mouth is better unto me 
than thousands of gold and silver. So it's our obligation, especially for the Israelites, to protect this word and to be in defense of the word. And when somebody attacks the word, that we defend it. Because why? It's precious to us. There's nothing like it. It's, it, you know, it's the greatest reward that we could possibly have, brothers and sisters. We look at it as precious. We look at it as gold. And even growing up in a lot of these minority households, especially in the black neighborhoods, you had that Bible, right, sitting up on that mantle, and you knew you better not touch that Bible wrong, or you got your tail dealt with. We don't care if other things in the house that was more cost more money, broke or whatever, but you touched that Bible wrong. <laughs> that was how we were raised, brothers and sisters. Even though the Bible wasn't being opened up at all, probably <laughs> it had dust on it. But you better respect that Bible. That's how we were raised. It's precious to us. It's within your fibers, it's within your DNA. It's how the Most High God made us, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Second Peter, chapter one. We're going to read verse four, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Second Peter one, verse four. Whereby, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is a spiritual treasure. It's a roadmap to serenity, to tranquility, to utopia. This is the way, brothers and sisters, it's precious and we must guide it, excuse me, we must guard it with our life, brothers and sisters. Our people were vigorous in the, you know, in ancient times when we were a people, when we were recognized as a people, our people died over this, brothers and sisters. There was time during the Maccabean era where they were killing us because we wouldn't eat pork. Our, this word was precious to our people, brothers and sisters, and I see why they don't want us to know that we're those people because you may pick up that spirit again. Right? To be in defense of the Bible. And right now, a lot of our people are attacking the Bible. They're making up all types of excuses. I spoke with a Muslim who told me, well, the Bible has been uh, tampered with. And I'm like, okay, brother, well, you know what? I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Let me give you a Bible. Now, show me one thing in the Bible that was tampered with. Oh, well, uh, I mean, I, I don't really know that. I'm like, well, how do you know the Bible's been tampered with, brother? Right? Well, the Bible's wrong. Man made that. Okay, brother. Well, here's a Bible. Show me one thing. Because they say that the Bible was used to enslave us. I'm like, okay, I'm with you, brother. Hypothetically, I'm with you. Show me the scripture they used to enslave us. Because people have parrot syndrome. Where they just repeat what they hear other people say without any level of research of their own, brothers and sisters. This is what they do. This is what, this is what people... Who don't want to follow the Most High do? These are excuses that they give. Well, man wrote that book. Okay, well, you know what? All right. Show me a book that man didn't write. I'll follow that. See, because you you equate that with the Bible, but then you'll bring me another book that a man wrote. Oh, yeah, but check this out. Did a man write this book, brother? See? So why should I follow your book over mine? This is the excuses they use, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 19 and 11 to show you the reward. The incentive, the incentive of following the Most High Law's commandments, brothers and sisters. Don't look at it as a task. Don't look at it like that. Look at it as, look at it as a as a a care package to help build you up and give you your strength and your money. It's a stimulus package, brothers and sisters. We're gonna read verse eleven, Psalms nineteen, verse eleven. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. 
and in keeping of them, there is great reward. See, so brothers and sisters, this word is preventative. It will prevent you from a lot of hardship within your life, brothers and sisters. Prevention is better than a cure. The Most High God seeks to prevent us from sinning and grieving him by breaking this commandments, brothers and sisters. This word is preventative. That's why we follow it, brothers and sisters. And therefore, we follow it. So when something do transpire in our life where we need his help, we've already been keeping his commandments. So it's not like, okay, now that I need your help, I'm going to follow you now. No, I was following you last year and a year before that. So when the time came where I did need you, I could be liberated and I wouldn't have to wait. Because a lot of times we, we have this re reactionary spirit. Once something happened, then all of a sudden we start praying 10 times a day to the east and all of that. When before, you know, before you was in some level of hardship or during that trial, you weren't thinking about the Most High God. So we got to use this as preventative, brothers and sisters. This is your vaccine right here. This is the true vaccine right here. This is what prevents you from sickness, from depression, from disobedience, from hardship, from the hellfire, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? <clears throat> Psalms 19 and 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. See, we're warned of the snares of the devil, brothers and sisters. The things that will lead to us having a short life. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Back in the Torah, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 11 and 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. See? So you can either be blessed or you can be cursed based upon what you do with the knowledge that the Most High have given us. Verse 27. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Read that again, brother. Verse 27. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. So a lot of us want to know why our prayers aren't being asked, answered. And it's because you haven't submitted. We haven't submitted, brothers and sisters. You must submit to him in everything that he asks for, everything that he commands us in order to be blessed. And a lot of this is the reason why a lot of our answers aren't getting our prayers aren't getting answered, brothers and sisters. It's because we're not following his laws, statutes, and commandments. Our people, our communities are some of the most prayingest people there is. But they're not receiving any change because they're not following the commandments, brothers and sisters. They're not following the commandments. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 28. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. Right. So, brothers and sisters, if you have a Christian pastor or anybody who's telling you you can break the law, they're looking to have you cursed, brothers and sisters. That's not love. You don't love me if you're telling me how I can get away with breaking the law. I want to be blessed. Only way I can be blessed is if I follow these laws, statutes, and commandments. Our people have to get that through their head. Because being, just because you go to church or you attend a congregation don't mean that you're going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Because there's plenty of people who are there every Sunday who are not following a single law in the Bible. Can you read that one more time, the last part, brother? <clears throat> Verse 28. And a curse, if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day, 
to go after other gods which ye have not known. Brothers and sisters, the obedience is the practical acceptance of authority in the will of God. It includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in actions, words, and thoughts. To be obedient is to be in agreement with the Most High God. To be in agreement with the Most High God is to be in a position of power, brothers and sisters. If you agree with the Bible, you're in a position of power. And nobody can dethrone you but yourself by breaking his laws, statutes, and commandments, brothers and sisters. This is the... This is the incentive that we have to follow his word. Outside of, you know, being scared to be judged, you know, by hellfire and damnation, there's incentives, brothers and sisters. We want to be blessed. We want to live a good life. We want to be able to fraternize. We want to be able to travel. We want to be able to purchase nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. The only way we can receive it, brothers and sisters, is through following his laws, statutes, and commandments. That's the roadmap, brothers and sisters. We all must we all must do this, especially if you're a child of Israel. If you're the children of Israel, this is how you get blessed, brothers and sisters. This is how. We're going to Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 1 through 3. Ephesians 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Read that again, brother. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. See, children, obey your parents. This is, this is, this, you read Exodus 20, what's the first commandment? Brothers and sisters, we must obey. We must obey. In this age of individualism and self-interest, it's not surprising that most people hold a dim view of obedience and of teaching it to children. Brothers and sisters, can you continue? Verse 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That's the first commandment, brothers and sisters. Obedience is not does not only bring happiness in family relations, but other lifelong benefits also. You know, it provides a foundation upon which, you know, we can be built up. We can build up a vital relationship between the Most High God and us. He put your parents in place because to children... Your parents are God because you should follow your, your parents. Therefore, once you're an adult, you can follow him. You got to follow the people that the Most High God entrusted you with. The Most High God gave you those parents to guide you. And if you can't follow your parents, it's a great chance that you're not going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Because how are you going to follow God? Can you read that from the top, brother? Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Right. So, brothers and sisters, it makes no sense that the Most High God would require children to obey their parents, yet not require the parents to 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 require obedience from their children. Because a lot of these new parents, predominantly other nations, Edomites, you know, they they think you shouldn't discipline your child. Discipline your child? What? And see, that's further proof that we're the people, because our God tell you to discipline your child the same way we were raised that's further proof that we're the people and they're not can you continue can you continue brother verse three that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth that you may live long on the earth if you obey your parents brothers and sisters you will have a long healthy life it's part of our job to teach children if you're a parent it's part of our job to teach children you know, the glory of a happy, submissive spirit to the authorities that the Most High have placed over us. 
parents represent God to small children. And it's deadly to train children to ignore the commands of God. Because if a child will ignore his parents, he will or she will probably ignore the most high God. And that's detrimental. And that, that you know, that's a path to hell, brothers and sisters. So notice that the first commandment is to honor your parents. Because why? The most high is our parent. So you follow your mom and your dad or whoever, your auntie, uncle, whoever's putting an authority over you. And then as you are becoming an adult, you have no problem following the most high God. It's important. It's imperative that we discipline our children, brothers and sisters, no matter what the world say. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. We must honor our parents. And that's the most high. Hebrews 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Right, so the Most High correct those we love. The same way a father correct his son, or his daughter, or a mother correct her daughter. You correcting your child because you love him, and you know what's out there in the world. I tell my son, I'm not going to lose you to the prison system. You may not understand it right now, but you will understand it. The same way as I became an adult, I realized... You know, the things that my mother and my father, those in authority over me, taught me it was because they cared for me, not because they wanted me not to have fun. But they cared. They knew what was out there in the world, brothers and sisters. Can you, uh, can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So, brothers and sisters, obeying your parents may seem like a drain, uh, you know, of your fun, or can be interpreted as them being cruel. While no parent is perfect, many strive to be loving and consistent. Verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? See? So, brothers and sisters, if the Most High is correcting you, it's because he mm-hmm. loves you. And that's what a father is supposed to do. What's a father who don't correct his child? You're not a father. You're, <laughs> you're not a father. Part of being a father or a mother is correcting your child. That's part of it. Therefore, obedience is for the child's own good, brothers and sisters. The parent can see beyond the immediate inconvenience of finishing chores, right? Saving money or completing homework. But the ultimate goal is to bring, you know, is to teach your child accountability and responsibility. So the same way you may not understand with the Most High, why he's telling you to do certain things, is the same way you are with your children. Or that your parents were with you. And this is for those who have children or who may have children in the future. Can you read that from the top, brother, verse 6? Hebrews 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? He dealeth with you as sons. Now, brothers and sisters, imagine you have two sons. One of the sons, he he want to receive everything you got. He like, Dad, tell me. I want everything you know. I want to mimic you. I want to learn from you. And then you have another son who's like, go ahead, Dad. I got I got stuff to do. I need to get on Facebook. Go ahead. You have one son, right, who don't listen to you. Who is the father going to spend most of his time with? The son who wants to learn. So this is the same way. The most high, if you want to learn from him, if you want to follow him, he will spend his time on you, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 8. But if ye be without chast- chastisement, whereof 
all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. See, if you're without chastisement, then you're 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 a bastard. A bastard is a fatherless child. Because why? You don't have your father there to correct you. Right? That's the job of a father. A woman is a nurturer. A father instilled discipline. The same way the Most High is trying to instill with us. That's the job of a man, to be the disciplinary. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 8. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Brothers and sisters, the boundaries and responsibilities parents set up for their children are not meant to be burdensome, but to train, right? To succeed in life. Children must learn boundaries and distinguish between right and wrong and take on responsibility. That's the that's the point, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? See, so we all have a father. No man is on this earth without a father, brothers and sisters. And our father's you know, obligation is to correct and reprove his child, his children. And, you know, with women, it doesn't always have to be the rock. Because women, you can, they love their, you know, the, the things that they're able to do, you know. Um, you can take something from a woman as a form of punishment and say, well, listen, you can't go out this week. See, so they like their, their experiences. But men... Men only understand force. So that's why you got to be up on his... You need to wrap a belt around that boy's behind. Because why? Men only understand force. And these young boys are going to be men one day. See? So it's a responsibility, especially for the young boys, that's going to lead our nation to be corrected. And listen, if if we raise our child in the Bible, there's a great chance you will never have to, to reprimand your child. We're not saying you need to reprimand them. But when the time comes and they go too far, the last result is the belt. That's the last result. And you have to keep going up that hill to get to the belt. The belt is the last resort that you just kept going and kept going. Same way with the father, brothers and sisters. Can you read, uh, can you read brother? Verse 10. <clears throat> for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable, the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are ex- exercised thereby. See, so brothers and sisters, you know, he who chasteneth his son will bear righteous fruit. You know, right now it hurts you to discipline your child. It hurts the most high to discipline you. But in the long run, you're going to bear the fruit, brothers and sisters. You're going to bear the fruit. So it was important that the Most High told us to obey our parents because that would equate to us obeying him. A lot of, you know, especially growing up, I I usually saw this outside of our communities, but you would have other nations cussing their parents out. And I'm like, what? You need to wrap a belt around his behind. You would hear predominantly Edomites, white people, cussing their mother out. And I'm like, that never happens in our community. That never happens in our community because we know better. You'd be knocked the black off of you. <laughs> uh, no, anybody with black probably heard that from their mom. I would knock the black off your behind, right? And look, and look how look the the benefits that it had for us, and how much respect we have for our mother, for our fathers, for those in authority over those who took care of us. The Most High know what He was doing when He implemented certain laws, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to ecclesiastic cuss 
30 and 3. Because we're talking about obedience. We're going to Sirach, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 30 and 3, in your apographer. Ecclesiasticus 30, verse 3. He that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy. Ooh, read that again, brother. He that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy. And before his friends, he shall rejoice of him. See, when you teach your child, you grieve the enemy. Because you're, you're, the enemy wants to use your child's disobedience and unlearned behavior against them. Discipline is not only good for the children, brothers and sisters, but it's necessary for their happiness and well-being. Discipline is vital for a healthy child. Development, you know, uh, the development as, pardon me, discipline, brothers and sisters. Is just as important as nutritional food, brothers and sisters, the physical and cognitive exercises, love, and other basic needs. That instruction is critical, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 3. He that teacheth, teacheth his son grieveth the enemy, and before his friends he shall rejoice of him. Why? Because Satan loved a disobedient child. Why? Because he was, dis he was a disobedient child. See, so if your child's not listening to you, who are they listening to? Because they're listening to somebody. See? So either you're going to be a child of Satan or you're going to be a child of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Without discipline, children lack the tools necessary to navigate relationships and challenges in life such as self-discipline, respect for others, the ability to cooperate with peers. See, all of these things come from you disciplining your children. And when we say discipline, that doesn't always mean physically. We mean teaching your child. And if it comes, you know, where there need to be a rod, then of course. But we must discipline and teach our children. Your children, when they get old, they will respect what you've done for them. I, now, when I think about all the, the behind rippings I got, I thank my parents. I call my parents and thank them. Sometimes even shed a tear because I know that they cared for me and they were trying to keep me out of what's there in the world, out of those prison cells, brothers and sisters. They're not doing it because... It makes them feel good. Your parents not spanking you or disciplining you because they're happy about that. The Most High God, when he have to discipline you, he's not happy about it, brothers and sisters. But he have to as your parent because he love you. Because if he don't, the enemy rejoice. Can you read that again, brother? Ecclesiasticus 30, verse 3. He that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy, and before his friends he shall rejoice of him. Jump to verse 12, brother. Verse 12. Bow down his neck while he is young, and beat him on the sides while he is a child. Bow down his neck while he is young. That means put your hands on the bed. That's what that means. Bend over. Bible tell you this. Read it again, brother. Verse 12. Bow down his neck while he is young, and beat him on the sides while he is a child, lest he wax stubborn and be disobedient unto thee. And so bring sorrow to thine heart. See? Because why? A disobedient child brings sorrow to his parents' heart. He brings shame to his parents' heart. Think your parents want to bail you out? You think your parents want to see you being handcuffed and thrown in the back of a paddy wagon, brothers and sisters? You think they want to go to your funeral? No parent should have to bury their child, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 12. Bow down his neck while he is young, and beat him on the sides while he is a child. Lest he wax stubborn and be disobedient unto thee, and so bring sorrow to thine heart. So, brothers and sisters, if the Most High is commanding the parents to beat their children when they're disobedient, then what do you think he does to us when we're disobedient? 
He do the same thing spiritually. That's why nothing goes wrong, brothers. I mean, that's why nothing goes right. Because the same measures that's taken here to a, ch- a parent, you know, discipline their child, the most high disciplines us the same way. So when things are going out of, you know, spiraling out of control, it's because the most high is spiritually giving us a spanking. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. <clears throat> Bow down his neck while he is young and beat him on the sides while he is a child. Lest he wax stubborn and be disobedient unto thee, and so bring sorrow to thy heart. Brothers and sisters, contrary to what some parents may mistakenly believe, children who are not regularly disciplined are not happy. In fact, failure to discipline children often results in kids who are unhappy, angry, and even resentful, brothers and sisters. To those around them, the child who is not disciplined is unpleasant company. When you see those children in some of those rich, you know, affluent families who hate their parents, even though their parents gave them everything, you know, bought them anything they wanted, got them cars at 16, they resent their parents. They have a hatred for them. They're not happy. Children who are, you know, who aren't disciplined are unhappy for the most part, brothers and sisters. This is scripture. And and see, this is the doorway. If you're disobedient, that's the doorway that Satan going to come into. And that's why it says... A man who disciplined his child grieveth the enemy because Satan is looking for a doorway in. And it's through your child's disobedience or through our disobedience, brothers and sisters. But we wanted to show you that the Most High say to beat your children, to put your hands on the bed. And that means that that's the same thing he does to us when we break his laws, especially knowingly, brothers and sisters. We get the same thing. We get the same thing. We're going to go to Proverbs 13 and 24. Wisdom scriptures. Proverbs 13 and 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Can you read that again, brother? He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. See, so brothers and sisters, parents implement structure because they love you and they want to protect you. The same way the Most High have instituted regulations and restrictions is because he loves us. It's not because he just want to be on a power trip and tell you everything to do. No. The Most High have wisdom and life experience that we don't have. The same way your parents have life experience. The same way you as parents have more life experience than your children. You just want the best for your child. That's what the Most High wants for us. That's why he give us instruction. So we should look at it, you know, the instruction as the Most High foreseeing what could happen and trying to prevent it, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 24, he that spared his rod hated his son. See, if you don't, you don't discipline your child, you don't love your son. You hate your son, period. You don't discipline your child, you hate your child. That's what the Bible said. I didn't say it. Hey, because why? There's so many ideologies and philosophies of, well, yeah, it, it's proven that spankings don't help children. What children are you talking about? Gentile children? Because the Bible is clear about it. The Bible is clear. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. All right. We're going to John 14 and 15. We're talking about obedience today and submitting to the Most High, brothers and sisters. We must fully submit to the Most High's plan. John chapter 14, verse 15. John 14 and 15. If ye love me, 
keep my commandments. It's important to remember that our obedience to God is not solely a matter of duty, but we obey him because we love him the same way with your parents. You, you do what your parents say because you love them and you respect them. If you love the most high God, read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Right. Jump to verse 21, brother. Verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved for my father. And I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. See? So, brothers and sisters, when you love somebody, you do what pleases them, right? right? If you're in a relationship with somebody, right? You try to please your, your uh, wife or your husband, right? The same way with the Most High God. You want, if you love him, you do what it takes to please him. And that's following his law, statutes, and commandments. We must be subservient. We must be obsequacious. We must submit. Brothers and sisters, can you read that again? Verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. See, so brothers and sisters, we are obedient to the Most High God because we love him. Not because, you know, it's not just because the laws are in the book. We want to follow the Most High God. Whatever he tells us to do, we want to do that because we fully submit we don't want to fight him on everything. We're coachable. It doesn't matter how talented you are if you can't be coached. There's some players out there who never get on the court. Why? Because they keep rushing their shots. See? So you got to be coachable. You ever met somebody who you could never tell them anything? They just, you know, they couldn't be coached. They was Michael Jordan. They could not be coached. They just coached themselves. That's not a good, that's not a good child of the most high. That's not a good child of the most high. I've even worked with people. In the workforce, where every time they were corrected by uh, authority, there was an excuse behind it because they don't have the coachable spirit. They don't have a teachable spirit. And when you don't have that, people don't want to be around you. We must be open to constructive criticism from the Most High God. When he tells us to correct something, we must not argue with him and fight back, but just do it. That's fully submitting, brothers and sisters. We all must do it in order to be blessed. We're going to Luke chapter 6 and 46. In the New Testament, in the Gospel. Luke 6 and 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whoa, Christ is saying, why are you calling me Lord? Why are you calling me Savior and you don't do what I say? Read that again, brother. Verse 46. And why call ye me Lord? Lord, and do not the things which I say. See, because why? You have Christians out there who say they're following Christ, but they won't do anything that's in the Bible. It's almost like pulling teeth to get a Christian to open a book. Right? See? Why are you calling me Lord if you're not going to follow me? Because some people just want to use the name of Christ as a Christian, but not do anything he said. See? It's just like somebody who who claims to be part of a a gang, a blood affiliation. They just want to be affiliated. For the protection, but I really don't want to be involved in it. I just want to be affiliated. That's what's going on in these churches, brothers and sisters. Can you read it again? Verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Brothers and sisters, disobedience is caused by rebellion and distrust of the Most High. To be disobedient is to yield to self-will instead of surrendering to the Most High and desiring His will. In all things, brothers and sisters, we must 
completely submit everything. Give it up. Give it up. Stop trying to fight. Stop this tug of war, brothers and sisters. You're going to tire yourself out and you won't make it to the end of the race. You won't make it if you if you fighting back with the most high God. Submit and allow him to direct you. It's a much easier life, brothers and sisters, because why? Especially men, we just think about how we're going to do this. How can I, you know, take care of this problem? How can I provide? Where am I going to do this? Where am I going to do that? If you submit to the Most High, He'll be like a, your puppet master. He'll lift your hand when it needs to be lifted. He'll make you walk when you need to walk. Just submit to Him, brothers and sisters. And our people are very stubborn. The Bible tells you that many times we're stiff-necked people. To where if we don't see why we should do it, we don't do it. And we have to get past that stage. Personally, you know, I'm I'm well past that stage. It doesn't matter whether I agree with it or not. I'm going to do whatever He tells me to do, period. Because who am I to disagree with the Most High God? I'm nobody. I'm a servant. And we all have to be in that spirit to whether we agree with it or not. I tell people all the time, you know, I ate those unlawful foods and they were good. But I can't eat them because he told me not to. It's not about it not being good. It's not about me not having fun on Christmas. He told me not to do it. So I'm not going to do it, period. I don't care how good it makes me feel. I don't care about that. I do exactly what my father told me to do. And that's the spirit that true Israelites should be in, brothers and sisters. If you see something that you may have been unaware of, just correct it. It's not a big deal. Just just correct it. Just be obedient to him. And watch the watch your cup overflow. Watch your cup overflow with blessings, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time before we move on? Verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? See? So don't even call on the Most High. Don't even call on Christ if you're not going to do what he says, brothers and sisters. And what he says is in the word. It's the word of God. Not what your pastor say. Not what I say. The moment that I start veering off of this Bible, you need to go find somewhere else to learn, brothers and sisters. Because I don't have that cachet to be able to do that. We, and the people who the most, the brothers who the Most High have entrusted to teach his word need to teach exactly what's there and not teach their own ideologies. We know people who, you know, they believe that we shouldn't eat meat. So because they believe that, they'll make the whole Bible wrong. They'll tell people Leviticus was made up because they want to push what they want to push. And that's not a good, that's, that's not a good leader, brothers and sisters. You have to lead what he tell you to lead and not try to promote your own ideologies. I know people who want to smoke weed and they'll claim that the Bible says... Well, he gave us all herb for me so we can smoke weed. I'm like, brother, listen, if you want to smoke weed, just smoke it. But don't try to use the Bible as a platform to build an uh, protection there. Just say that's something you're dealing with, you know, and you're working on it. But don't try to use the word of God to cover that up because that's where we that's where you lose our respect. Just be real and say, listen, I'm struggling with this. We all struggling with things. Don't try to manipulate and misuse the word of God, though. But you'll have it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to James chapter 2, verse 26. We're going to James, brother. 2 and 26. <clears throat> James 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without work is dead also. Read that again, brother. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. 
For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead also. See, so faith is incomplete without obedience, brothers and sisters. It's not enough to just believe in God. Even demons believe in God, brothers and sisters. Even the Pharisees believed in God. So that's not enough. When we believe and trust in the Most High with all our heart, we will what? We'll keep and obey His commandments, brothers and sisters. Because everybody believes in God. That's not enough. Even the demons, remember, when Christ cast out the demons, they said, you know, don't judge me before my time. Cast me into some swine. So even they acknowledge the power. But are they going into the kingdom? No. So just acknowledging the power is not good enough, brothers and sisters. We must, with the faith, have works. We must. Faith without works is dead, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead also. Right. Now, brothers and sisters, we're going to go into some of the incentives uh, to, you know, the incentives of God's promises to those who keep his laws, statutes and commandments. And the question we want brothers and sisters to ask themselves is, can obedience affect one's lifespan? We're going to give you the answer. The Bible is going to give you the answer. We're going to Deuteronomy 32 and 46. Can obedience determine the length of one's days? Deuteronomy 32 Verse 46 and 47. Deuteronomy 32, verse 46. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day. See, set your heart on the word of God, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. So it's your responsibility to teach your children to follow the law. Verse 47. For it is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. And through this thing ye shall... You shall prolong your days. Read that again, brother. Because it is your life, and through this thing you shall prolong your days. And the land, whether you go over Jordan to possess it. See? So you will prolong your days, brothers and sisters, if you follow his law, statutes, and commandments. If you eat the foods he commands us to eat, you'll live longer. You'll be healthier. If you don't celebrate the holidays that he tells you to celebrate, you'll have an easier life. You'll have more money. You won't be broke all the time. See? So this, the word of God give you a long life, brothers and sisters. As a general principle, if we seek to live in the will of the Most High God and obey his laws, then our days are lengthened. But if we break his laws by living careless, you know, uh, intemperate, self-led lives, then our days will be shortened. Without any shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters, if you continue to carry out the law, statutes, and commandments, you will prolong your days. We're going to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Because we needed to show you that obedience affects the length of one's life. These are all the incentives of following the word of God, brothers and sisters. This is what you bring to a Christian who don't follow the law. These are the things that you bring to them. Show them the benefits of following the law. Not condemn them. Not condemn them. But show them the benefit. Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. See? So length of days, long life, and peace will be added to you if you keep his commandments, brothers and sisters. Look how much incentive we have to follow the Most High God. Look at that. The Most High want to bless you, but you got to do what he said, right? When you're in a relationship, you can't be in a relationship with a woman or a man, and they do everything against how you know you want a relationship to be ran, and then expect for reward after that, to be taken on vacation after that. 
or to go shopping after that. No, don't work like that. If you want to have a long life, brothers and sisters, a blessed life, right, a healthy life, we must follow these commandments, brothers and sisters. This is the only thing we can come together under. We can't come together with you because you're black or because you know you're Israel. If you don't agree with the commandments, then it doesn't matter if you know you're Israel. We, we can't come together with you because why? We need to be amongst brothers that we know follow the same laws as us. I need to be able to know that when I let a brother in my house, I don't got to look for my wallet because he followed the same law as me, right? That's how we got to be, brothers and sisters. This is the only way we're going to be able to get together is through the foundation of the law. Because why? You can get a hundred different Negroes in a room and have them say, okay, well, this is what I think God wants us to do. It'll be a bunch of noise because especially our people are very opinionated. Everybody will have a different opinion about what we need to do. And nothing will get accomplished. We have to be able to come together under the foundation. That's why Martin Luther King failed. That's why Malcolm X failed. Because none of these brothers, even though they had a spirit to help our people and elevate our people, didn't have a foundation. They had nothing that we could agree upon. So this is how we build, brothers and sisters. We build from governing ourselves. Therefore, we can trust each other. Because our people are some of the most untrusted. We don't trust ourselves. We trust white people before we trust ourselves. Right? You think a white person, or you think your own people will rob you and take your shoes, right? But when you're around white people, hey, you leave your door unlocked, won't you? See, there's a program in mentally that they've programmed us to, to distrust, number one, ourselves, which in turn leads us to, you know, distrust those who look like us, right? That's how they've been programmed as brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother? Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Right. So we've showed that a long life is one of the, the, the rewards, brothers and sisters. You're going to find out today that protection is another one of the rewards for following his laws, statutes, and commandments. We're going to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 5, to show you that protection is guaranteed to those who follow the law. Ecclesiastes 8 and 5. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. See, there's a wonderful promise of insurance, brothers and sisters, that if you follow the Most High God's laws, you're covered. You got full coverage, brothers and sisters. You're sheltered. Now, is this saying nothing will ever happen to you? No. You, you'll have trials, but you will overcome them, is what this is saying. You will not be overcome. You will not be subdued. You will be doing the subduing. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. See? So protection, brothers and sisters, it's an insurance policy. The same way you have insurance on a car, which means if something go wrong, then you'll be taken care of, you're covered. Same thing here. You follow the most high law. When the time comes or accident happens, you're covered. Accident forgiveness. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is how the most high work, brothers and sisters. This is our power. And now I see why they didn't want us to know who we were. Because these are all the things we receive by following this law. This is why they're teaching us the law is done away with. This is part of their plan, brothers and sisters. And that's why our people are cursed. You know, not individually, but as a whole. When you look in our communities all over the world, even outside of America, you can tell that something has gone astray. Something is wrong because our people are poor all over the earth. And that's because Christians are teaching us that the law is done away with. 
And we don't have to follow it. The Most High has given us the incentive, the gratuity of what we receive. If we can just submit to him, each and every one of us, the same. Don't matter how much you know. Don't matter how much you have. We all must submit. Each and every one of us, including me, to the Most High God. No matter how much money you have. No matter how many cars you have. How good looking you are. We all have to come under this umbrella, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Romans 8.28 to show you more about that protection. That insurance policy that you have with the Most High. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. See, so we know all things work together for those who love the Most High. And loving the Most High, we've already read John 14 is... Keeping his commandments, brothers and sisters. So you will be victorious. You will be triumphant. No doubt about that, brothers and sisters. You will win. You got to follow these, though. What if the Most High came to you and said, you know what? I'm going to let you rule the world. I'm going to let you rule the whole earth is going to be under you, but you have to implement my laws. How would you feel about that? I, listen, I'll implement your laws. Hey, I'm going to rule. Listen, hey, the Most High said no Christmas, no pork, Okay. That's pretty much what he's saying. You implement my laws, I'll let you rule everything. But you got to implement my laws. The same way the government had their laws implemented, right? The Most High is saying, if I give you rulership, you must implement my laws throughout the earth. That's our responsibility as Israelites. But right now, we're working on getting ourselves together. Then, once we have ourselves together, we can teach everybody else. But we got to go to Israel first, brothers and sisters. That's the commandment. Because you can't get the world together unless you get your own house together first. A man, when he start to learn and teach, he deal with his own household first. Because you can't go out and teach the world and your household is not following the law. So that's, we getting home together. You take care of home first. When you grew up in minorities, they, your parents used to always teach you, you worry about home first. You take care of home. You clean up your house before you invite people over. Or before you go out. You take care of yours first. And that's not hate to other nations. We love all people. But our people are out of order. And because of we're out of order, the earth is out of order. Because the rulers are not ruling right now. We've taken our rulership back. Give me my rulership back. Give me my Bible back too. It's what we get, brothers and sisters, from being obedient. We're going to show you that gladness is also a reward that comes with following the Bible. We're going to uh, John chapter 15. It's another incentive. John 15 and 10, brother. John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in, in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, brothers and sisters, the most joy, excuse me, the most jovial, the most joyful people in the world are those who constantly seek to keep the most high God's commandments and please him. That's what the scripture is saying. Can you read that again, brother? Verse the 12. Oh, verse 10. Thank you. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. That my joy might remain in you. That your joy might be full. See, so gladness come with following the law. And our people are very angry. 
We have, and I don't fault our people. We have reason to be angry. We've been oppressed, you know, for decades. So you walk around, you know, our communities, our people, they just have a natural frowned up face. And I understand. I don't, I don't fault our people because I understand what they feel. I understand, you know, the oppression. But brothers and sisters, we come to this, we, we, we become glad. We become jovial. We, we become joyous. Because why? We're pleasing. We're made to please our creator. That's the reason we were made. So a lot of people, they obtain all the, you know, they, they have all this acquisition. They get all these things and they're still not happy. Because the, the trick is, the only thing that actually makes a man happy is pleasing the, the one that created them. That's the only thing that will make a man happy or a woman happy is to please his creator. So a lot of people, they just keep switching, you know. They'll make a lot of money here, then they'll go get another business. And they're still not fulfilled. Well, I'll sell that and I'll go do this, then I'll go do that. See, because they're searching for happiness that you can only get by pleasing your creator. That's what the world don't tell you. There's a certain there's a certain level of protection and comfortability and self-esteem that come with knowing you're doing the right thing by he who created you. You feel good by that. I spoke to a brother today who uh, talked to a, uh, some brothers he met on the street about the Most High's name, Ahaya, and he told me that he felt so happy after that. He felt, you know, he was jovial. He wanted to run a mile. He wanted to do more work for the Most High. And that's the only thing that will quell that, 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 that spirit within you for acquisition. That's the only thing. That's why a lot of people, you know, who have a lot of money and things, they're never happy. They just keep acquiring. They just keep going. Because there's only one thing that make a man happy or a woman happy. And that's to please he who that, that created him. The Bible give you that, brothers and sisters. Gladness come through you being obedient. Gladness. We're also going to show you blessings are one of the benefits. We're going to Revelations 22 and 14 to show you that blessings come with following the law, statutes, and commandments. Being obedient to the Most High. Obedience. 12. Uh, we're going to read Revelations 22, verse 14. Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in thorough, may enter in through the gates into the city. See? So blessed are they who keep the commandments, brothers and sisters. This should be this should make you happy. Because we know that predominantly for the majority of our life, we were not following the Most High God. And we thought we had a pretty good life. But now you see that it actually can be better than what you thought good was. Because you weren't following commandments then. So if you follow the commandments, it's a guarantee that your life, there's levels to this thing, right? There's levels. And now you go up a level. Because why? Read it again, brother, please. Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. And may enter in through the gates into the city. See, so obey the Most High and you will discover the secret of abiding joy. Keep the commandments for entry into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. This is how you measure a man or measure a woman. Because why? I spoke to a brother this week and, you know, he didn't know my beliefs. And I would just, I would just ask him a couple questions to hear how people in the world think, thought. And I asked him, um, you know, how do you measure a man? What's a good person? Because he was saying, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to believe in religion or anything. You just be a good person. I'm like, well, who dictates what a good person is? Because why? A pedophile think he a good person. 
right? A murderer thinks he's a good person. There's only one way to measure a man, brothers and sisters, or a woman, of what good is. And that's through these scriptures. We've got to screen these brothers. We've got to screen these sisters. We've got to screen ourselves through the scriptures, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. It may enter in through the gates into the city. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. Right now we're going into the rewards that you are promised by being obedient to the Most High God, by fully submitting to the Most High God in everything that he commands us. Not one thing here and one thing there. Everything. Let go, brothers and sisters, and let the Most High carry you. We're going to show you that great peace. We receive peace from being obedient. Psalms 119. In 165, brothers and sisters, peace is something we receive from being obedient, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> this should be the motivation to follow the Most High God and be obedient to whatever it is, you know, and acquiesce to anything that He commanded us. Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have they which love the law, and nothing shall offend them. See, great peace, brothers and sisters. And what a priceless reward that is to enjoy great peace, even in the world of trouble, fear, war and injustice. Great peace. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. See, so peace is promised to those who follow the Most High God and are obedient. This is what we need to promote to the world. These are the things that you receive. If you can acquiesce and follow and submit your creator. And we're going to lead by example. Because if we can follow some of the most stylish, some of the most talented, some of the most, some of the most, what, what's the word we want? You know, we have the strength. We have the smarts. We have the looks. If we, being how physically gifted we are, can follow the most high God, other nations are going to look at that. If somebody as strong as our people who cannot be subdued physically by any other nation can follow the Most High God, the weaker nations will follow the Most High God also. Because if these great people could do it, we definitely can do it. We are an example, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you Isaiah 26 and 3 about that great peace that's promised to the brothers and sisters who are obedient. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. This is why those who completely submit and follow the Most High are rarely ever depressed, brothers and sisters. Because you get a, you get a sense of calmness, of peace. That spirit of heaviness is taken off of you. But if you're not submitting... If you're still fighting it one foot in, one foot out, you're going to be more stressed out than you were if you were just completely in the truth. Because you, in your mind, you know it's wrong, but you just can't seem to get right. We all go through times like that in our life, brothers and sisters. You have to fully submit. right? It's just like having on a, a, a life jacket, a life vest. When you put that life vest on, you go jump in the water, and you just float. You, you're not even walking no more. You're just floating. You just submit it. Right? It just take you wherever. That's how we must be, brothers and sisters. We must fully submit. 
and allow the Most High to, to carry us wherever He wants us to go. Read that one more time, please, brother. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Right. So, further proof, brothers and sisters, that one of the incentives is great peace for being obedient. The Most High God loves us. There's a plethora, there's a myriad of things he want to bless us with if we can be obedient. Got a few more scriptures we're going to go through. We're going to Colossians chapter 3. Verse 3, brothers and sisters. Obedience. Colossians 3, verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. See, so if you follow and you are obedient, then you have the assurance of salvation. Read that again from the top, brother. Verse 3. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. See, so many Christians lack the assurance of their salvation. But the Most High God wants us to know that we are eternally secure if we are obedient. Because a lot of people aren't even sure if they're going and going to heaven. Those who are depriving themselves... You know, not spending money, going out on the Sabbath, not eating unclean foods, not celebrating holidays. You are secure. You know for a fact that you're getting in because you're doing something different from the rest of the world. Now, when you're not doing anything from the different from the rest of the world, I can see why it would be hard to understand if you're going into heaven. Because you're doing the same thing as everybody else. Christians are eating all the same foods as the rest of the world, celebrating all the same holidays as the rest of the world, not following the Sabbath like the rest of the world. So I can understand why they don't, they're not sure if they're, be, they're going to, to the kingdom. But those of us who actually follow the Bible as it is written, without philosophy, that's, that's the security, that's the assurance that you're making to the kingdom. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. If you are obedient... You will have the assurance of salvation eternally. We're going to go to 1 John 3 and 24. Not John, but 1 John 3 and 24. 1 John 3 verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in, dwelleth in him, and he in, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. By the spirit which he hath given us. Right, brothers and sisters, if we keep his commandments, we will have security and insurance. The Most High will always be with us. He will always be with us, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, if we keep his commandments. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Right. Read verse 22, brother. Verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. There's a wonderful promise that the Most High will answer our prayers if we're obedient. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandment and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, so the promise is he'll answer our prayers. And we also discover why some of our prayers are not being answered also within the scripture. If we seek to obey the Most High God, He promises to answer our prayers. 
What a reward. What a reward. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandment and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. See, and this is how they got us to not believe in God. This is how they this is how they this is how they program the world to not believe in God. It's because the most high is not blessing them. And there's a reason why they're not blessing them. Because they're not doing they're not being obedient. So that's why a lot of Gentiles will say, Well, I, you know, I'm an atheist or I'm a Satanist or you know, whatever madness they come up with. This is why. They could easily be blessed if they just were obedient to the most high God. But they're not. So they're not being blessed. Therefore, that leads them to believe that there is no God. God don't God isn't real. God don't care about them. When he does, he just wants you to be obedient. And he'll give you everything your heart desires. Everything your heart yearns for, the most high will give it to you. We're gonna show you. We're gonna start we should start, you know, once you come into truth, start in obedience with the little things, brothers and sisters. I spoke to a sister uh last week. And she just found out she was an Israelite. I had a chance to share it with her maybe three months ago. And we've been in constant contact. She's asking me about different records. Jasher, Enoch, Jubilee. And she asked me. She sent me a message and said, uh, can you tell me all the things Hebrews aren't allowed to do? Uh, so I can make sure I'm not doing it. And I said, sister, I don't want you to look at the Bible like that. Don't look at the Bible as just a bunch of laws. Because the Bible is much more than just do's and don'ts, brothers and sisters. Don't look at the Bible like that. I told the sister... Brother, can you read that scripture one more time? Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandment, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Christ, and love one another. Well, actually, verse 24, brother. Verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in, in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. By the spirit which he hath given us. Right. So we're going to, brothers and sisters, we're going to start the obedience with the little things. I told the sister to go back to what we were saying. You know, don't worry about all of the things that you will have to change. Just worry about two things when you start off. Dietary law and holidays. Just start there. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with all these other things. Just start with the little things, brothers and sisters. Just start there because if you try to look at everything, you'll be overwhelmed. And you won't even move. You'll be frozen in time because you're looking at everything that you have to change. Just deal with one thing at a time. You can deal with the food that you eat. You can deal with the days that you celebrate. That's easy. Just just deal with that. We're going to show you Luke 12 and 42. We start obedience with the small things, brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 12, verse 42. Luke 12 and 42. And the Lord said... Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them the portion of the meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Right, so brothers and sisters, the Most High God has always needed people to work with him. But he cannot entrust great things to us unless he finds us faithful, brothers and sisters. So we must be faithful with the small things. Therefore, he can bless us, you know, with with the more, with the much. Can you uh, read that scripture one more time, brother? Verse 42. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? See, 
So if the Most High can trust you just with keeping the Sabbath and eating certain foods, then he can trust you with everything. But if I can't trust you with just that, then how can I entrust you with more? That's, that goes against common sense, brothers and sisters. Go to Luke 16, brother, verse 10, to echo that sentiment. Luke 16 and 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, so when we obey him in the little things, we take, you know, we take the most high in confidence, you know, that he can trust us more and more. That That's us speaking to the most high saying he can trust us. He also gives us a portion for our own in due season. So if you keep his commandments, then he'll bless you in due season. He'll give you more abundantly because you followed him just on the small things. Some people say, well, hey, man, you know, it's just eating a little pork. I don't think the most high, you know, he got bigger things to worry about. Listen, if you can just follow the small things, the world is yours. The most high can give you anything. He can give you everything because you follow the most incremental law, statutes, and commandments. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, so those minor acts of disobedience will dry up the flow of the spirit, brothers and sisters, just like the major ones will. All small things of obedience combined to become doing the will of the Most High God. Just the small things of obedience adds up to you being in the will of the Most High God. So we start in our obedience with just the small things, brothers and sisters. Don't try to, you know, don't try to change the world in one day. Just worry about the small things that we can control. And the sister that I was speaking to is a minor. So her parents kind of still eat certain foods and stuff like that. But the things that she can control as a teenager is the foods that she put in her body and celebrating certain holidays. So that's where we always go. The Sabbath, eating certain foods and, and not celebrating holidays. That's a good foundation. That's a good basis to start from, brothers and sisters. So just stay, just start with the, the small things. We're going to First Peter 1 and 20. We got a few more scriptures, about four more scriptures. We're going to close out. We're going to, excuse me, Second Peter 1 and 20. Because a lot of people are saying, okay, obedience. How do I be obedient? How do I be obedient? This is what you must know first. 2 Peter 1 verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. There is no independent interpretation, interpretation, brothers and sisters. Because some Christians will say, uh, well, yeah, I know it says don't eat pork, but that's your interpretation. I'm getting something different. Nah, 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 nah. The Bible only means one thing. There is no getting something different. It means what it means. It means exactly what it says, brothers and sisters. Because, see, some people, once you bring it out about the Sabbath and certain things, they know they can't fight it scripturally. So they'll just say, well, that's your interpretation. Nah, nah. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. See, so exactly what the Bible says when you read it, plain as day, and you can understand it, that's what it means. It doesn't mean anything other than that. When he say don't eat it, it means don't eat it. When he say don't do it, that means don't do it. When he say don't wear it, that means don't wear it. It's clear. There's only one interpretation, brothers and sisters. And if there isn't, if there's more than one interpretation, what's false doctrine? What's philosophy? If there's a hundred different interpretations, then there's no such thing as philosophy. 
And that's why Christian churches have basked in this, this, you know, many interpretations. There's only one interpretation, brothers and sisters, and this is the interpretation, John 7 and 38. This is what you must know first. If you're trying to please the Most High God, you now know who you are, and you want to know your your next step, how to be obedient, what to follow. This is what you must know. John 7 and 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You must believe in Christ. You must believe in the Most High, as the scripture hath said. Did the scripture say celebrate Christmas? Did the scripture say go to church on Sunday? Did the scripture say Christ didn't have a father? See? So you must believe as the scripture hath said, not how you feel in your heart. If the Bible say, do not eat swine, that's what it means. If it say, do not eat crab, shrimp, and lobster, that's what it means. Jeremiah 10 tell you, do not put a Christmas tree in your home. That's what it means. You must believe as the scripture hath said. Because people will say, well, yeah, I know it says that, but Christ came and did away with it. Nah. Mm-mm. Unless there's a scripture that say you can eat pork, don't eat. <laughs> Unless you can find a scripture that say you can celebrate Christmas, you shouldn't be celebrating. You must believe as the scripture have said, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 38. But he that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See? So we must follow the Bible as the scriptures have said. So Christians that are coming out of that, you know, and following the truth now, maybe even following our church. When you see a scripture that says don't do something or to do something, scriptures say be baptized. It means just that. It doesn't mean anything else. Don't try to flip it around. You must believe in the Bible as the scripture have said. I've had brothers, predominantly Muslims, say, well, the Bible's a bunch of allegories. And I'm like, uh, brother. You must believe the Bible literally. If you start dealing with this allegory and metaphor, yeah, we know there's allegories and, you know, but you must deal with the Bible literally. It's a literal book. You must literally read the words off the page and do it. It's easy. It's not like we have some understanding that nobody can get. We just read what's there and do it. The same thing Christians need to do. If it says celebrate Passover, that's what it means. Don't come up with an excuse not to do it. If, the, if it say, cover your head, sister, cover your head. If it say, take your hat off, brother, take your hat off. As the scripture have said, I don't want to hear philosophy. What's philosophy? A philosophy is a man speaking with no scripture involved. See, that's what philosophy is. If there's no scripture attached to what the man is saying, that's philosophy. And I can't deal with that. Neither can you guys. We're going to go to Proverbs 8 and 17. Then we're going to end it off at Matthew 7 and 21. As the scripture have said, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 8 and 17. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. I love those who love me. Because why? They say, well, God, so God loved the world. They'll pull that out, right? John 3, 16. The Most High loved those who love him. They'll tell you, no, God loved everybody. Oh, it doesn't matter who the Israelites are because God loved everybody. <laughs> That's not true. See, who is this, this all-loving God who just accepts you for who you are? You can just do whatever you want to do and God accept that and love you. That's Satan. Only Satan would tell you you can do what you want to do and I'll accept you. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 17. 
I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. See, those who seek me early. So in your youth, as a youngster, as a child, those who seek the Most High will find him. Because you can't be, it's hard for those who are 50 and 60 and 70 to come into the truth and change. Everything that they've known for half a, you know, for 50 years. When you're young is the time, brothers and sisters. Christ ministry started at 30 years old, brothers and sisters. At a young man, don't wait till you get, you know, 50, 60 to start trying to learn things. You should do it at this time, at this age that you're at now. Where you have that spunk and that life within you. Where you're willing and ready to do something for the Most High God. We're going to end it at Matthew 7 and 21. We went there to show you that if you're not following His commandments, you're not obedient. The Most High don't love you. He hates you. He don't love you if you're not following His commandments. That's to anybody who, who thinks otherwise. There's no way that you can do what you want to do and think the Most High love you. You're following a different God. I don't know who you follow. You're not following the Most High Ahia, the Great I Am. You're following Satan. The only God that would allow you to do whatever it is that you want to and accept you. Yeah, I'll accept you. Homosexual, that's all right. Come on. Mm. Fornicator, that's all right. That's all right. Pedophile, that's okay. Murderer, hey, come as you are. <laughs> We're going to Matthew 7 and 21. We're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. And the reason why we went here is because... Many religious people would tell you that it really isn't necessary for you to obey God to be saved. But obedience is not essential to salvation. Then you'll ask them, okay, so what must you do to be saved? And they'll say, well, just accept Jesus as your Lord. You're saved. Mm, let's see what Christ has to say about that. Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Right. So, brothers and sisters, how can somebody accept Christ as their Lord without obeying him? See? So, they just want it to be easy. They want you to be able to do dirt all through life. And then on your deathbed say, okay, Christ, I accept you. And then die off and go to heaven. That's not equitable. The Most High is not going to allow that. That's not equitable. That's what Christians, they give you these different angles of how you can get over. Well, as long as you just say you believe him. You can wait till 30 seconds before you pass away and just say that, and then you're good. No. That's contrary to the Bible. You must be obedient. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. See, you must do the will, brothers and sisters. So this is how you measure a man. This is how you measure a woman. Of who's going to make it into the kingdom. No matter how much love you have. Or how nice they are. Yeah. They always speak when they see me out cutting my grass. Now, that's all fine. But if you're not following the law, statutes, and commandments. You're not getting into the kingdom. Period. None of us. No matter whether you're an Israelite. Or the blackest Israelite. Or an Edomite. No matter. If you don't follow these law, statutes, and commandments, you can call them Christ, you can call them Father, you can call them Abba, you can call them whatever you want to call them. But if you're not obeying them, you're not getting in, brothers and sisters. This is how you measure a man. This is how you measure a woman, brothers and sisters. Obedience means hearing with the purpose of understanding and learning and then applying, putting into action what we've learned, brothers and sisters. Now, through our walk, there will be times where we've you learn that we've been disobedient or have not been following his law to some degree. And we must thank the Most High God for areas of disobedience that we may discover. 
Because once we identify them, they can be removed. And this will result in new joy and a greater faith, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson that we went into today was submitting to the Most High God and being obedient. Fully, full submission, brothers and sisters, in order to be rewarded. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Kwam Yasharala.